Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. I'm excited about talking to our guest today, who is an accomplished healthcare professional. She serves as the Chief Operating Officer and Chief Clinical Officer at Medical Rehabilitation Consultants, where she leads a team that provides and utilizes management services in this medical rehabilitation field. She has a heart for patient advocacy and a deep understanding of healthcare cost containment strategies. That's something we could use in this country today, I think. She was in the forefront of the case management industry initiative when she developed a case management program for British Petroleum in 1999. So that gives a lot of experience here that uh, really is helpful in this really challenging area today. She holds a degree in nursing and an MBA in healthcare administration. She enjoys times with her family on the tennis court, which is near and dear to my heart, and reading a good book. We'll have to find out what she's reading right now. Please welcome today our guest, Jatana Bagamolni. Hi, Jatana. Hi, it's great to be here. Jatana, I am really excited to talk to you about this field, but how did you how did you get started in this leadership journey of yours? We always like to talk to our guests about where this all started. Sure, sure. Well, I'm happy to share. Basically, I grew up in a small town and I grew up with brothers and in that environment where I had to be constantly proving myself as a younger sister and constantly making sure that I was just as strong, just as fast, just as capable as my brother, older brother that was sort of influential in bringing me about with sports and leadership as a younger person. It seemed like it was the natural evolution for me to pursue the next thing after the next thing after the next thing. And that sort of led to me wanting to inspire others. And that led me down a leadership journey. So you played sports in high school, grade school. Did you like start when you were really young? I did. I did. So, and that experience of being an athlete and going through school, being on sports teams, has really affected me as a person and my leadership abilities because you know if if you are on a field and part of a team you want to be part of the success in that team and you want to be part of moving that team to the next level and that really led right into and translated into leadership for me as a young person and this sort of started in my own backyard okay. i had an older brother and he was constantly wanting me to come to the backyard, play football, throw catch, you know, race in the backyard. Let's see who's fastest. And he was about a year older. And so, you know, when he started playing on sports teams, we lived in a small town and there were no girls teams. So, I mean, by the age of six, he was uh, playing baseball and I wanted to be on the team. Why couldn't I be on the team? 
So I was the only girl on a team of boys. And I didn't mind that. It sort of led to me learning about other sports that I enjoyed. And then I was the only girl on the soccer team until, you know, high school age where, you know, then we split and had an actual girls team. But that allowed me to learn the process of having to prove myself and be one of the team members that brought us to the forefront of success. Yeah, you must have taken some real heat on occasion being the only girl on the team, right? I did. I did, but I didn't mind that because it it really led to me having to learn to prove myself. And, you know, when you learn that at a very young age, it translates into sort of a passion and a drive that propels you forward naturally. And this sort of led to one of my first jobs, and that was in a a baseball card shop. I managed a baseball card shop in college, and that was such a great experience because every day I had to prove myself as someone that knew sports and knew the trading industry and could bring value to our organization. Yeah. So you're in this baseball shop as a girl, if you'll excuse my young lady, right? Somebody walks in and they they see this, you know, people can't see her, but they see this young blonde girl behind the counter. And I'm sure that there were a few times where their eyes rolled like, oh, I, you know, what, what can you do for me? Absolutely. But that, that was one of the things that I enjoyed most because I used that to my advantage. And, you know, we had guys that would come in on a Friday night wearing their, you know, favorite team jersey, wanting to make a quick 20 bucks to, you know, buy a a couple cases of beer. And I used that to my advantage and said, okay, you know, let's, let's see what you have here. Oh, I see you're wearing a Broncos jersey. Well, you know, I'm flipping through the cards they want to sell looking, okay, you can keep all those John Elways. Oh, here's a Scotty Pippen rookie card. He's new and developing. You probably don't realize that, you know, he's an up and comer. So, you know, what do you want for this stack of cards? 20 bucks, no problem. He's happy. I'm happy. And I've got three Scotty Pippen cards. I've got, you know, a wealth of things that translate into sales for, you know, the baseball card shop. And I enjoy that. This is a great example of having technical competency, functional competency around the baseball cards, knowing the sports world and knowing the value of that, but also in communicating and negotiations. Yes. And that skill in learning the art of negotiations has helped me throughout my career because it it makes you sort of realize that it's not bad to have a challenge in front of you. And if you can propel yourself forward by saying, okay, I see the challenge. I'm going to help you believe in me and understand that I know what I'm talking about and we're going to negotiate this so that we both feel good, but I'm bringing my game forward to say, don't underestimate me. Yeah. So you got a degree in nursing in college, right? While you were negotiating with these uh, athletes around baseball cards, this is great. And you went into the nursing field, I, I take it. I did. I did. I actually started out in business because my parents were both in business. And I realized that quite quickly that there was really no heart in it for me in the business classes that I was taking. And I really felt like there was something else missing. So my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time when I met his parents, his father was a hospital administrator with a nursing background. 
And he's the one that said, hey, you know, you ought to consider nursing. You have a heart for people. So why don't you think that through? And that sort of led into me looking into nursing. I went ahead and got my nursing degree and started actually working in a hospital and kind of delving into some other areas that were of interest to me clinically. And that that led to me realizing that eventually, as I got deeper into case management, utilization review, some of the skills that I'm in now with uh, regard to health plans, I realized that one thing that would benefit me would be to get my MBA so that I could couple my clinical strengths with some business background that led right back to the art of negotiation that I learned clear back in my days working in the baseball card shop that I continued to develop going forward with my career. Yeah. Chitana, you keep talking about this baseball card shop because I think you said it was your first job. Is that right? Well, I had some other jobs before it, but I felt like it was the most instrumental job mm. that I had in terms of really learning about myself and learning about how to make sure that I was doing something that I loved. Yeah. From a leadership standpoint, is there anything in that first real job that you had that you learned about leadership? Absolutely. Lots of things. In fact, one of the things that I will tell you that I, I learned most was the job led itself into me managing the baseball card shop. And we often had times that people would come in with really high dollar cards that I would need to pay cash for on the site and uh, just make sure that I knew the value of the cards, make sure that I could grade and classify the cards. And that really was something that really made me feel more confident as a leader because the other people that worked under me were relying on me to make sure that I was putting everything I had towards uh, the success of the business at that time and making sure that I could translate my belief in sales to what I needed it to be. You know, when you think about it, you made a bunch of tough decisions on the spot using somebody else's money and feeling responsible to use that money in a way that was going to contribute to the overall sales in the shop. Absolutely. While probably having peers watch you do this. Yes. <laughs> and they were mostly men coming into the shop. 99% were men that were shopping in our business and all of my coworkers were men. So that was interesting. And on a personal note, I actually met my husband of 28 years in that baseball mm. shop. And even more personal is the fact that I actually had to sell my Michael Jordan rookie card to pay the last installment on my wedding gown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I was not only managing the baseball card shop, but I was also purchasing sports cards and getting into that myself because my older brother had done that for many years. And that sort of got me in, interested in sports cards and interested in the job itself. And so sure enough, my grandmother wanted to buy my wedding gown, but um, I used the money to pay for my tuition at the time because I didn't have the money for tuition. And so the wedding was getting closer and sure enough, I had to sell that Michael Jordan rookie card to uh, <laughs> pay for the rest of my wedding dress. I wonder what that would be worth today. Uh, well, I sold it for $300. It's worth about a hundred thousand now. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> OMG. <laughs> yes. yes. 
So let's fast forward a little bit. Let's get out of the baseball card and get into the rest of your career. You talked a little bit about your husband's father. So your father-in-law was a nurse, yes, if I remember correctly, based on our past conversations. And that influenced you a lot about your future career, didn't it? And he mentored you around that. He did. He was a great mentor for me around that. And I think that it, it's been nice for me because it's really allowed me to see what the role needs to be for me as I parent my three daughters into roles that they would look forward to in terms of careers and college type choices. What do you remember as a couple of the biggest things that he helped you with in making some of these decisions as a role model and as a mentor? He really taught me to take my time. I was someone that, you know, wanted to propel things forward very quickly. He really said, Hey, look, you know, take your time. You don't have to decide anything today. Think things through and make baby steps. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing for leaders to try to remember is to slow down. And as I always say around these baby steps, never make a decision before it's time. Yes. Set a timeline as to when you need to make the decision and wait for that time frame to occur because things can change. That's right. Look at all the factors that come into play because that's one of the things that I think sometimes we can get narrow in our scope in terms of just looking at how this is this situation is infecting me or you know one part of the organization when we really have to broaden our scope and take into consideration how something is going to affect the entire organization and not just one part. Well, yeah. So now let's fast forward to some of the work that you do today. You talk about having to be strategic and, you know, big picture. You're not buying and selling cards anymore. You're not thinking about just nursing. You're not just thinking about business, but you're thinking about the big picture, the whole process and being able to improve that, right? Right. So taking all of this experience that you have with the education, with the experience starting from like five, six years old as the only girl on a baseball team or in high school on a soccer team, whatever it was, taking that competitiveness and trying to guide it into a world of cooperation and collaboration. How do you find that transformation in yourself? How did that happen over time where you were able to turn that I need to prove myself into I need to serve others? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's sort of both because I want to serve others, not only in terms of the clinical aspect that is bringing forth the nursing side and, and some of the clinical aspects of the work that we do in our organization, but also leading the group of people that I'm working with and letting them know that not only are we serving our organization, we're serving each other. We are developing as a team. We are making sure that not only are we developing our strategic vision as a company, we can't lose sight of developing our own strategic vision as a person. And I think that's something that I have found has really propelled me forward in my career because, you know, it's not that we ever stop needing to prove something. I'm constantly trying to evolve and not let my current level of knowledge be enough. And I think that that translates into how I parent three daughters because I know that they look to me as an influence in their lives, both in their professional choices and in terms of 
you know, what they want to do as far as being leaders and making good choices for themselves. So going to a little bit more on this, this idea of what you said, the strategic vision as a person, you know, when you talk about that, what does that mean to you? Ah, well, I think to me, it really means that in terms of your level of success, your personal development always comes at the forefront of success. So success is something that you attract by the person that you are becoming and you are constantly evolving and you are constantly thinking, okay, after this, what's my next goal? And once I get to that, you know, how am I going to position myself for that goal? It's not ever stopping and saying, okay, well, you know, this is enough. I've met my goal and now here I am and just move forward and off into oblivion. No, no, we, we have to always be thinking, you know, what, what's on the next forefront? How am I going to get there? What are the things I need to learn to position myself to get there? And I also translate that into our company. So what are the things that I can do as a leader that positions our company for the best growth in the industry? And what's going to position us to better meet our client needs as the industry evolves? So when you're talking about this, what struck me is achieving a goal is just another indicator at that moment for you to decide what's next. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's kind of this idea of continuous improvement, lifelong learner, those values of, of constant improvement, constant growth. But what I don't hear as you talk about this is like some goal achievement or some success. It's not like this, this end point. It's not like I've arrived. It's merely I've gotten to a level. That's great. Now let's go to the next level. <laughs> right. Right. When did you fail to get to that next level? Have you had at times when you, you haven't gotten to that next level? And how did you handle that? That's that's a good question. I think that for me, I, I don't look at failure as something that is going to stop me or dissuade me from the next goal. I think that there are times where we have to fail in order to grow. And, you know, if, if I'm not the right person for this job or this position, how am I going to put myself in a position where I am the right person at the next go round? So learning from failures, learning from things that um, maybe weren't the right fit at that time and getting the skill set in place so that when the time does come, you are a good fit and you do have the skill set to fall back on to lead in a positive way and continue growth for yourself and the organization. Yeah. So in our leadership program, we always talk about this. It's like celebrating your failures. Somebody says, woo, look, I've just failed. And we actually do this in our leadership program. We, somebody <laughs> says something that wasn't quite right. And we get excited about it. We said, look, you took the shot. You took the chance. You're dead wrong. Absolutely wrong. And here's why. And now, now let's get excited about that because you stepped up to give yourself the opportunity for somebody else to help correct and teach you. Because I wouldn't know that you don't know that if you didn't open your mouth. And we, we so often, because in school, you know, we're, we're conditioned to have the right answer. We've got to have the right answer. And if you have the wrong answer in school, you're humiliated, you're embarrassed, you're laughed at by your fellow students. And in business, we actually want people to speak up because they will say something sometimes that sounds wrong and yet becomes so profound 
that it changes the direction of the entire team. Oh, that's beautiful. That, that I believe that. And I feel like the way that you phrase that is so beautiful. And I think for me, that translates into creativity because as we're brainstorming, we are getting those creative juices going. And just because something might not be 100% dead on the way that we need it, that might inspire something in me to further the conversation and bring something else about that is exactly what we decide to go with. And in terms of making that decision and what we're going to end up running with, I think that it's important for leaders to realize that you may only be getting it 80% right. But as long as you're giving 100% effort, you're going to be succeeding and you're going to be moving in the right direction. Absolutely. If I can get 80% right every time, 80% closer to the goal, then the second time I try, then I'm actually going to be at 96% of the goal. Because exactly. I already got 80% the way next 80 percent is 16 percent, and so on so that's a great way of looking at it and you said before we talk about this all the time just take some baby steps just keep moving and as we talk about mindset by carol dweck we're just not there yet it's not not there yet yes that's one of my favorite books for leadership personal development and just what she talks about in that book about having a growth mindset and it doesn't mean that your mindset is 100% right. It just means that you're open to ideas. You're not going to shut something down just because it doesn't sound like the right fit. You're open and you're welcoming of strategies to move forward. And you might not have it right. It might be a, a brick wall and a dead end, but you would never know unless you took the opportunity. Well, I just looked up in Wikipedia, growth mindset, and there's your picture. It's right there, Titania. You've been talking about it for like a half an hour now, and there you are. This is great. So so let me, with that growth mindset, let me ask you the last question. If you could write yourself a letter and send it back to yourself 20 or 25 years ago to that young lady that's standing in the baseball cart shop, and as you're going into business, you're going into nursing, and leave your husband out of this, what would you say to yourself that you would like to have known back then that somebody else in your position might be able to listen to today to the wisdom that you've learned over the last few decades? Oh, that's such a good question. And and it's something that's, I think, profound enough that people probably should take a minute and consider this for themselves. And I think for me, I would say that I would tell myself, don't be afraid because mm-hmm. there, there is sometimes apprehension that goes into growth. And I would just say, do not be afraid, follow each lead and just trust the process. Because if you are moving forward, if you are moving in a way that you are developing yourself without fear, then trust the process. You'll get there. It might even be a different destination than you had planned, but it's going to work out in the end and it could be even better than what you even dreamed it would be. Yeah, we love that. That's the first message we give our leadership candidates that come into our program the first day they walk into our boot camp. Trust the process. Don't argue with me right now. You don't know enough about leadership to argue with me. Let's wait until you've learned something, then you can argue. But right now, we we like to use the karate kid and we say, if I say wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. So I paint the fence, sand the floor. And in a, in a few days, you're going to find out that you're actually learning karate. 
So that's a message. I love that trust the process. It's near and dear to my heart. Tana, thank you so much for your time and the conversation today on leadership. You've had a very interesting path. I would have written the letter saying, hold on to the Michael Jordan card. I'm just telling <laughs> you, that's what I would have said. No doubt. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. And I would have bought Zoom for $99 in uh, January too. But anyway, let's not worry about that. <laughs> So with that, I thank you very much for spending the time with us today, Jatana. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thank you again for joining us on Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care and be well. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.